everyone. My name is Ashley Clemmer. I'm the Director of Programs and Community Engagement. And I'd like to welcome you to the Rothko Chapel and to this series, 12 Moments Experiencing Spiritual and Faith Traditions. I always like to start by just getting a show of hands of who is visiting the chapel for the first time or attending this series for the first time. Oh, good. We have lots of new people. That way I don't repeat all the same words to the same people every single month, which I might do anyway. Um, so just a quick introduction. The Rothko Chapel was founded in 1971 as a sacred space. Um, and we sit at the intersection of art, spirituality, and human rights. And in addition to being an open space every single day of the year to come, to sit, to reflect, we also have ongoing public programs throughout the year, such as the one you're experiencing. Um, and for those of you who are not familiar with the artist Mark Rothko, he was commissioned to create this environment. So the 14 paintings that you're surrounded by today are his work, but also he really designed this entire space. And it is all naturally lit, so you might just want to observe that, that as the, the day changes, as uh, the light changes, that will really change what your eyes are seeing uh, within the paintings. And for this series, 12 Moments Experiencing Faith, Spiritual and Faith Traditions, we've been offering this since 2005. It's an experiential and educational offering where we partner with different faith and spiritual practitioners all over Houston and invite them to come lead us in a, a one-hour experience that is both learning about their tradition, but then also having an opportunity to have a practice and to apply that to our daily lives. So for this year, what makes this series a little different is that we've honed in just a wee bit more and we're exploring um, different topics that unite us in our shared humanity. And we started each month, we have a different word that we're really reflecting on. We started in September with uh, resilience, and then we moved the next month to difference. Last month was forgiveness, and then this month is justice. So to begin, uh, we're living in a fractured country and world. Daily, we witness acts of violence, hate, and injustice against people because of their race, class, gender, age, religion, and more. And in this reality where this information is everywhere in the news, in social media, around us. It's difficult not to succumb to our human nature and to feel strong emotions that might bubble up in the form of anger, frustration, sadness, disconnection, helplessness, hopelessness. So what is the source that we draw upon in these moments and in this climate that we find ourselves in? And if not to find answers or clear actions, but to be able to move forward and still feel a sense of, of hope for the future. Like how do we just hold that space? So today we have with us Reverend Francine Young of the Episcopal Diocese of Texas and St. Luke, the Evangelist Episcopal Church, to lead us through some reflections on this topic of justice within the Christian tradition. And before we begin, I'd like to invite you to take a moment to connect with the person beside you and to reflect and share on this topic of injustice. For those of you who prefer to just sit alone during this time, you can reflect internally among yourselves. Um, for everyone else, I'm going to ask that you turn to a person close to you. If you're feeling courageous, perhaps push outside your comfort zone and reach out to someone you do not know. Otherwise, feel free to reach out to a familiar face. So we're going to begin by taking a moment of silence to, to think on this word. And when you're ready, turn to the person beside, in front, or behind you, 
introduce yourself by sharing your name and then share what justice means to you. It could be your definition, it could be an example of what that looks like in action or what that should look like in your eyes within our society today. We're gonna take five minutes for this before we begin. And you don't have to totally whisper, like you can talk a little loud so people can hear one another. <laughs> the space doesn't have to stay silent all the time. It's okay to activate it. Okay, everybody, I'm gonna ask that you come back. So thank you all for, for joining me in that exercise. Now I'd like to, um, to introduce Reverend Francine Young. We're very thankful to have her with us today, one of our, our new friends. Uh, Reverend, Reverend Young has a rich and dynamic career that has spanned from earning her undergraduate degree in social services to her master's degree in public health to working as a vice president in human resources for a global energy company to becoming ordained as a transitional deacon in 2011 and a priest in January 2012. And I would imagine that through those different worlds where she has studied and worked, 
worked within that she's experienced many examples of justice and injustice. Um, so she's gonna guide us in a 40 minute reflection on this topic within the Christian tradition and then we're gonna have some time at the end where you all can engage with her and ask questions if you'd like. So please join, join me in extending a warm welcome to Reverend Young. Thank you. Thank you. I think I'm on. I think I'm, yes, I am on. I'm not used to hearing myself behind myself. <laughs> well, um, thank you all for being here. And um, I was actually quite honored when I was asked to come. It's like, oh, that really cool place, but okay. So um, when I was asked about the topic of justice, um, the first thing that came to mind for me was the um, issue around immigration. And why that um, popped into my head, of course, it was about the time of the caravan and, and uh, during our general convention, which was here in July, well, actually in Austin in July, and by, by our, I mean the Episcopal Church, the National Church, we had our general convention in Austin in July of all months. And we went out to the uh, Hutto um, Detention Center where we held a service. And uh, that was pretty, pretty powerful for me. But the other thing that occurred was um, probably a year or so ago, I was having a conversation with a parishioner in my congregation, and we're in the third ward across the street from the uh, law school at Texas Southern. And um, one of my parishioners was voicing her disdain for immigrants, which sort of set me back a bit because I said, here's an African-American woman whose history is slavery, um, having a disdain about immigrants, and it just didn't quite compute for me. But I felt the need to listen to her, because of course we all have different experiences, and her experience growing up in Houston was that no matter who came in, her perception was they were always put ahead of the African Americans, and so she had a, a real mm, issue with that. But as I was telling Ashley, one Sunday I was doing a sermon on uh, immigration, and uh, it was based on the book of Ruth. I love the book of Ruth. And uh, at the end of the service, as we were leaving, in our patio was a family from Mexico who had found our church. The gentleman had a tracking ace ankle bracelet on. And those, that one woman and some of the others, they, you know, they sort of startled and I went to talk to the family and in broken English they said that they were hungry and uh, needed some food. Well, those women went into action like I've never seen before. So what was a, I guess a philosophical conversation became real very quickly. So we decided that we probably should have a few more conversations about that. So what, I was gonna, what I'm going to offer today is um, a, a way to have a dialogue uh, around scripture um, to get those different points of views out. We are all on, a, we're all on different places of our, our journey. And um, I was, I'm going to uh, use a, a, program, a program called um, the African Bible Study Method. And my friend over here, Frida Marie, probably is familiar with this. Um, back in 2008, let me back up a little bit. How many are you familiar with the Episcopal Church? 
like the funeral is going on right now in the National Cathedral for, for, uh, for President Bush. He, used to, he was a member at St. Martin's. Well, needless to say, my church is not near the size or the wealth of St. Martin's. <laughs> I get 50 on a Sunday. They probably get 2,000. But we are still part of um, the Episcopal Diocese of Texas, which has 153 churches in the diocese. And we are part of what's called the Anglican Communion worldwide. So all of those churches who have roots back to, to England. So um, one of the things that was very, very important in the creation of the Anglican or the Church of England was the concept of the middle way. At one point, the Catholics and the Protestants were always fighting. And I think it was Queen Elizabeth, the first Queen Elizabeth, who said there must be a middle way. And how do you walk the middle way and bring in all those different parts of the different points of view and still focus on our God? So the middle way is the way I like to walk. And sometimes Episcopalians are accused of not being able to take a stand. And when we do, we get hit just like everybody else when we take a stand. But I say all that because in 2008, there was a meeting of all the bishops worldwide at a conference called Lambeth in, uh, in London. And uh, at that time, the US and some members of, of the uh, Canadian Anglican Church had uh, ordained the first gay bishop in the, in the country. That was Gene Robinson. And that upset a lot of other Anglicans worldwide, including our friends from Africa. So um, first we were going, the first thing was that the Americans were likely to be tossed out because surely we were going to hell. And, uh, but the Africans came in with a, what they call the African Bible study method as a way of opening up the dialogue so that we could figure out maybe there is a middle way. How can you have this belief and I have this belief but we still stay connected with our faith in God? So what I would like to offer today is the practice of this African Bible study method. And um, it begins with um, reading a scripture. And I chose a scripture from the Old Testament, Isaiah. It begins by reading a scripture from the Old Testament. And then there are a couple of questions that follow. And then we read the same scripture, but from a different translation. And then there's another set of questions that follow. And then we read the scripture a third time from a third uh, tra uh, translation with a question about what does God want me to do or to change. So I thought that by providing this practice, especially in a world where we're so divided, it might give a tool to take away about how we might have conversations about things that are difficult to talk about. Now, having said that, I'm going to need two volunteers to read scripture. And this is always fun. When I, say, when I say at my church, I want someone to pray, Lord have mercy, they just all hit the floor. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> it's like, you know that too, don't you, Bree? It's like, no, no, collar doesn't mean that's the only prayer person in the room. So um, I will need two volunteers to read the Isaiah scripture. And um, I have one, good, all right. And uh, 
And we have another, good. So um, we will all get the same scripture. If I could get, let's hand these out. Do you mind working and, and keeping one for yourself? <laughs> all right, I have more than enough and here's one for you. Yeah, yeah, she's, there's plenty, yeah. Oh, here you go, sir. You can do this. So I'm going to, yeah, sure. Um, this is the African Bible study method that we'll use. And we'll go through that again just so that you can see what we're, what we're doing. <coughs> Sometimes when I run out of sermon topics, I actually use this <laughs> and say, okay, congregation, we're going to do this. So just as a refresher, we'll begin with an opening prayer, and the passage of scripture is read by one person. And after, after the passage is read, I'm going to vary a little bit. I'm going to ask you to get in groups of three, if possible. So just turn around to your neighbor, and you will be answering the individual questions. All right, so I'll say those out loud. So after we read the first one, we'll be asking you all to identify a word or a phrase that inspires or captures your attention. And we do this because even though we're reading the same thing, things jump out at us differently depending on where we are, what our headset is, or what our mindset is. And then we'll ask you in your group to do something called mutual invitation where the first person will say, well, this is the word that I saw or read or heard or felt, and I invite and you invite the next person in your group so that each person gets an opportunity to speak. And then after we've done that, then I'll have the, the, the uh, scripture read in a second version. And um, then we ask the question, each person, or the statement, each person briefly identifies where the passage touched him or her in their life today. And we like to say today is because one of the things about scripture for me is how do I make it real? Otherwise, it's just words on a book, in a book. So after we've done that round robin in our groups, then we'll read the passage a third time, and each person answers the question, what does God want me to do or be? How does God want me to change? And then we will conclude with, I thank God for, and you can say that either out loud or silently. So everybody willing to play? All right, very good. So I will read the first. Uh, you should all have a copy of the scriptures. There should be three. The first page is uh, duplexed. I've tried to save paper because I think that, you know, we, we need to watch the earth as well. <laughs> all right. But I'll read the first one from um, Isaiah and then um, ask you all to get into your group. But let's start out with an opening prayer. And in our tradition, when we start with a prayer, we say, the Lord be with you. And the answer is also with you. How many of you know that? All right. And with, the, with, with thy spirit. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right one. <laughs> okay. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, 
that we may embrace and hold ever fast to the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given to us and our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. So this is a reading from Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and to release the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise in instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastate devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. Foreigners shall till your land and dress your vines. But you shall be called priests of the Lord. You shall be named ministers of our God. You shall enjoy the wealth of the nations, and in their riches you shall glory. Because their shame was double and dishonor was proclaimed as their lot, therefore they shall possess a double portion. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. A bridegroom decks himself with garland and as bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoot, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. So identify a word or a phrase that inspires you or catches your attention. And then I ask you to join in conversation with about three others. You might have to move around. She said we can talk in here, so <laughs> you might need to move around. Has everyone had a chance? One word, one phrase? Okay. See how easy it is to get locked into that? <laughs> All right, my second reader. This is the King James Version. How do I turn this on? Okay. And that's on. 
Okay, so we will hear the same reading in a different version. This is the King James Version. I am English, so this is quite... Very good. good. <laughs> <laughs> I was entirely accidental. Thank you. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that they are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil for joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. They shall build the old wastes, they shall rise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities and the desolations of many generations. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named the priests of the Lord, and men shall call you the ministers of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall you boast yourselves. For the shame you shall have double, and for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land they shall possess the double, everlasting joy shall be unto them. For I, the Lord, love judgment. I hate robbery, the burnt offering. And I will direct their work in truth, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. And their seed shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them, that they are the seed which the Lord hath blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation, and he hath covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. For as the earth bringeth forth her bud, and as the garden causeth the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. So take a moment to yourself and identify where the passage touches you in your life today. And once you've done that, then you may invite each other to share in that experience. Okay, I think we're ready for our third reading. And you all have copies, and so you can follow along. So the last translation is from 
The Message by Eugene Peterson. The Message is a, uh, it's a translation or a paraphrase of the Bible by Eugene Peterson. It's called The Message. And he takes the entire Bible and does some interesting, very contemporary things with it. The Spirit of God, the Master, is on me because God anointed me. She sent me to preach the good news to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, announce freedom to all captives, pardon all prisoners. God sent me to announce the year of his grace, a celebration of God's destruction of our enemies, and to comfort all who mourn, to care for the needs of all who mourn in Zion, give them bouquets of roses instead of ashes, messages of joy instead of news of doom, a praising heart instead of a languid spirit. Rename them oaks of righteousness planted by God to display her glory. They'll rebuild the old ruins, raise a new city out of the wreckage. They'll start over on the ruined cities, take the rubble left behind, and make it new. You'll hire outsiders to herd your flocks and foreigners to work your fields. But you'll have the title priest of God, Honored as ministers of God, you'll feast on the bounty of nations, you'll bask in their glory. Because you got a double dose of trouble and more than your share of contempt, your inheritance in the land will be doubled and your joy will go on forever. Because I, God, love fair dealing and hate thievery and crime, I'll pay your wages on time and in full and establish my eternal covenant with you. Your descendants will become well-known all over. Your children in foreign countries will be recognized at once as the people I have blessed. I will sing for joy in God, exploding in praise from deep in my soul. She dressed me up in the suit of salvation. He fit outfitted me in a robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom who puts on a tuxedo and a bride a jeweled tiara. For the earth bursts with spring wildflowers, and as a garden cascades with blossoms, so the master, God, brings righteousness into full bloom and puts praise on display before the nations. So as you take that in, our final question is, what does God want me to do or be? How does God want me to change? Hey, how we are? How we doing? All right, so before we go into close, as it says here, I'm just curious about your experience doing this. Don't be bashful. <laughs> Hi. Um, Thank you for hosting. Um, I think some of the lingering thoughts in my mind are, I'm not sure what the message is, because it's, especially the last one was very encouraging, and then in the middle, I found myself like withdrawing, because there's still the outsider's aspect, and, mm. and lots of 
reference to judgment as a synonym to justice. Mm -hmm. So those are some of my thoughts. Yeah, start you thinking. Had any of you done this before? No. no. Okay. I, I don't know how y'all feel, but I've always felt that it's just easier to hear it than to read it. Because, some, because I'm such a, you know, when someone else is reading it, you don't, you're using one part of your brain, and then when you're hearing it, you're using another part. And so sometimes I'll just get, it just, I just go on, if I'm reading it, I'll just go past the speaker. Mm -hmm. But when I'm really listening, I, I go into a deeper place. My mind can really focus. Mm -hmm. so I just, that's just me. Any revelations for yourselves? Well, I think for our group that we really um, took to heart this idea that we can think about what it means to us right today, right now. Mm -hmm. And um, that was really, it was really moving that we were able to share. We've just met each other and we we're able to share so deeply and richly. And, and I really appreciated that because we thought, because we focused on today and right now. And today, yeah, great. All right. Well, I hope that um, it's a useful tool for you um, whether you're at church or at home, but it is something that I try to do, especially when we have those uh, places of difficult conversation is to uh, pick a scripture that's uh, appropriate to whatever the topic is and use it as a way to uh, open up the conversation and the dialogue and still be respectful as to where we are individually. Now, the way this ends is that we all stand up, and this is, this, this is by choice. We all stand up, it says we hold hands, but I'm not gonna force you to do that. But we all stand up and as you feel it, say, I thank God for. Oh, well we have some hand holders. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How much can I stretch? <laughs> I'll start. I thank God for the creativity that he has given us to create a wonderful space like this where we can come together as brothers and sisters in his name.
Yes, that's true. Well, thank you all for participating, and I'm going to end with an unplanned song. If I can get my act together. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Amen. All right. Please be seated. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Reverend Young, for that very thoughtful offering and uh, and I want to extend minutes? an. an yeah. Did oh. you any questions or answers? Oh. Yeah. Did, Did we anyone out have time? any additional questions or thoughts? You were. No? Okay. Okay. Um, I just want to extend an invitation. The next 12 moments offering is going to be January 1st, and the focus will be renewal. We have our annual um, crystal bowl meditation with Dana Shamas for those of you all who come and do that every single year. And for those of you who do not, it's really a magical, beautiful gathering. The space is filled with, I don't know, close to 200 people. And Dana brings crystal bowls and has them in the middle of the mm. space. It's really magical. And then we have many other offerings as well that are located on the back of your brochure. And you're always invited to go to our website to learn more. Thank you all. Thank you. And if anyone is interested, I have a list of biblical references to immigrants and refugees. I'm always a little bit leery about just taking a, a verse out. But I would encourage you that maybe that's a place to start, and then you can read from there. So take your, you know, if you, if you would like any of these, please feel free. Compliments of the United Church of Christ. I can't say that I did it. <laughs>